five in the eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new? Hello and a very warm welcome to the first five in the eye of 2022. We hope you had a great Christmas and New Year and a recharge for the year ahead. For those of you joining us for the first time, this is Colourful Radio's weekly news review show. In fact, it's episode 0339. I'm Phil Woodford here in London. And joining Phil via Zoom this week, it's me, Michael Ohajuru, re- revealing that we have a very special guest on the show. She joined us a, ye- is it a, year? a year ago at a time of great tension and peril in the United States. And she's back, she's back to, off- to offer her perspective one year on. It's author, commentator, and everyone's favorite intellectual, Bonnie Greer. Hi there, Bonnie. Hi, Michael. Hi, Phil. Thank you for having me back. Five in the eye. And after we've sorted out the future of America, our second story is going to be our love of doom scrolling. Are we always constantly searching for the latest catastrophic news on our phones? An art exhibition has visualized the phenomenon. And what's story number three? Well, it's the extraordinary tale of a man in China who was, ab- who was abducted as a child but managed to find his way home many years later due to his precise recollection of the layout of his village. He'd last been there at the age of four, but was able to draw an accurate map. Extraordinary. Yeah, truly extraordinary, that one. And for our fourth story, it's the Chilean beekeepers who brought some of their insects to a demo in Santiago. About 10,000 of the little critters, to be precise. I love that story. And finally, to wrap up the five, it's news that Israeli scientists have trained the goldfish to drive. They just go in circles around roundabouts. And that's this week's Five in the Eye. Five in the Eye. Well, we're going to kick off this week um, with the United States of America and the rather extraordinary position we're in now, a year on from the events at the Capitol building uh, on January 6th, 2021, where um, effectively there was an, a, an attempted coup. Uh, it was, of course, as we know, fueled by Trump. Uh, Trump is gone. Biden has been in power a year. But we have a sense that all is not well. And um, I was interested to read an article very recently about a Canadian political scientist who has warned that by 2030, the United States could in effect be a right-wing dictatorship. Um, And um, the prognosis seems to be very, very grim. Um, Why? Because Republicans are doing their best to undermine the very fabric of democracy in terms of uh, legislation that's been passed in various states about the approval of ballots, about the rights of people to vote and access to ballots and, and, and so on. Are we paving the way for an election in um, maybe uh, in, in 2024 that is um, effectively rigged? So we wanted to get the perspective a year on of Bonnie Greer, who has kind of so much. Um, of an overview from both sides of the Atlantic of this this kind of extraordinary unfolding saga. Bonnie, I mean, are you with the uh, the, the, the mongers, the people who feel that American democracy could potentially be about to die, or is that overblown? 
Well, Phil, you know, first of all, it's a real Canadian thing to think that the United States is going down the tube. I mean, I don't know any Canadian who doesn't think that, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I'm serious. Um, so, you know, that that this guy's Canadian, you know, we can put a little X next to that. Um, and that he chooses 2030 is interesting because I don't know why he's chosen 2030. Uh there's going to be uh, a general election in what, 2024, then another general election in 2028 for the president. So how does how does the right wing dictator get in there at that point in time? Then there's a midterm in 20, 2030. So he he's assuming that by 2030, we're going to have a right wing dictatorship in the United States. I, I'm not quite sure how he comes up with that arc. I mean, that's the first thing. The second thing, and I'm not making light of this, I, I just want to say something that's really important about America. In essence, or to a certain extent, the January 6th thing was about as American as apple pie. I mean, Americans in their head are always doing this, okay? America, one of the things about being an American is that you're taught that the country is yours, you individually. I mean, you you can see, you can talk to anybody on the street in the United States and they will give you a view of America that you don't find other people in other countries talking about their country in the way an American will. Everybody takes it personally. It's your own personal thing. And, and actually part of the ethos of being an American is why we get into a lot of trouble around the rest of the world is that we think it's just down to us. So all of those people who showed up on January 6th, they showed up as individuals. Now it became a mob. I mean, literally it was a mob. It literally was a sacking. It literally was a, an attempted coup. But those people were individuals. And I'm telling you, you could ask each one of them what they thought and they gave you another answer. So it's very, very American that this happened. Um, and, it's, and it's always been on its way. Um, I can see I Michael's can think- Michael's desperate to to come. Oh, in Michael, here. sorry. He can't restrain himself any longer. Bonnie, so we have to let him in. As American as apple pie, as American that that, that storming of the Capitol that hadn't oh, been yeah. stormed oh, yeah. in, cent- in, in in over a century. Oh, they, oh, Michael, they just didn't get around to doing it. That, that, it's in but, people's minds all the time. But, 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 oh, no, this is not unusual. But 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 but, 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 for me, I'm sorry. The fundamental thing is this idea of American exceptionalism. We're different. And, un- and, and underpinning that is this white supremacy that we're in charge. And then the, the, the challenge is that exceptionalism, that white supremacy. It makes them a little bit nervous. And but recently- the thing is, every American considers ourselves exceptional. Now, you add white supremacy on top of it, that's another layer of the exceptionalism. But it goes back to Americans, you know, they we have an idea about law and order until we don't have the idea about law and order. See, you, you, people carry guns. I mean, this is a gun-toting, gun-carrying. I have gun people in my family, you know, on the left. I mean, they will they talk to you about the gun and about defending their home individually, and that's how they say it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not making light of this. I really am not. But I just want people to understand that nothing, this is the culmination of the deep fantasy life that Americans have about the country. And what Donald Trump did 
Um, and because he's a he's a he's a he's a shill, he's a guy who sells stuff, he's a salesman, he's a he's a he's a con man. What he did was bring it together within the presidency in the time of social media. But presidents have done that back and forth. I mean, you know, okay, the light side of it, my lifetime, JFK stood up in front of his, of his inaugural in 1960 and basically made a call for people to come out and change America. I have friends who went into the Peace Corps because they thought they individually could go into, I lost a friend in the Peace Corps. They thought that they individually could go to a country and make a difference, they of themselves. So these people who stormed the Capitol, these people who committed this atrocity, were very American. That's no, a very no, no, American no, no, activity. Sorry, if I've got to come back. But this is a okay. So you're saying that there's an element of, and I would say this is English arrogance. Okay. There's an element of naivety in it in terms of they believe the narrative. Of you know, ask is. not ask not what you your country can do for you. Yeah, what yeah. can you do for your country? Yeah, yeah. But equally, when, when, when Trump talks about American carnage, uh-huh. the, the lapping that up, the nodding, yeah, yeah. The yeah, same. yeah, yeah, because that, that, because uh, again, America is a construct that happens every second in the mind of an American. And if we want to talk about something that that might be, you know, maybe well, I, I, again, as a student of history, I'm telling you, the Civil War started. The American Civil War started. The 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 South fired on the American flag because they felt. This was their country. This was the way they wanted it to be. And so we're going to get out and duke it out. And they do it in the street. You're taught it. It's why American movies are what they are. It's all at the heart I mean, of it. I guess the fear, I guess the fear, Bonnie, must be leaving aside the kind of the the the, the, the um, rather doom-laden predictions of this Canadian professor. I mean, there is a worry, isn't there, that we come to 2024 and there's another close-fought election and that um, – this time around, the Republicans have laid the groundwork in advance for potentially failing to ratify a democratic victory. Um, and, and, you know, this is much discussed now, isn't it? Do you, do you well, we see, see what that we're as a, talking as, as a about, What we're talking about, Phil, are the 21st century social media uh, meta-universe aspect of this. This, the, 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 this is old. The way it's being done is new. Now, what could happen as a result is a possibility because right now in the United States, there are people walking around with two big narratives in their head. Um, That's the first time. Well, not the first time. The Civil War was the first time, really. So in a sense, um, what we're seeing is a 21st century manifestation of about between 1853 and 1860. And and it has happened before. And it has happened now because we've got got a showbiz president who knows how to make it happen. But it's always inside of America. Americans are five minutes away all the time from taking the government down, whether it's local, whether it's state, whether it's region, whether it's national. I'm telling you, five minutes away from doing it, just about every American. But, but okay, what stops them? What, what, what happens at the fifth minute then? What turns them away? What because happens of- is um, either they can't get the thing together in themselves, or somebody feeds them another little fantasy that they can hold on to, 
or uh, they hold on to the idea of America as uh, you know, a special place on the face of the earth. It's, it's always it's about dreams, Michael. A shining city this on is, that this hill. Is, yes, this is about dreams. <laughs> you have to remember on, what you guys have to remember. America is a settler country. America is a settler country. People who came to settle America came with their heads full of dreams. They did not see the indigenous people on there who had, whose land they took. They just moved them aside. They didn't think about the, you know, my ancestors and your ancestors that they put on the boats and brought over. We were part of the dream. America, Americans, look, remember, remember in Godfather Part Two, where there's that scene where those people are on the boat that, um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, guy's name just why I'm here. The other, uh, the director, uh, Coppola screens so beautifully where he has a shot where you see all these immigrants and they're looking up. And then finally he does another shot where there's a statue of Liberty and the statue of Liberty says, I'm paraphrasing, bring me your wretched, your longing to be free. Yeah, yeah. It's all a big dream. And sometimes a dream hits the wall, which is what's happened now. One, okay. one, one final uh, thing. We're, we're time, no, time no, is no, against no. this body. I've got one final question. Why are you screaming? Last year when you came on the show, you yes. predicted that Joe Biden would um, effectively abdicate his role after the midterms and pass the mantle on to Kamala Harris. Yes. Do you Are you, are you still of that view? Biden's yes. not had a great year when you look at Afghanistan, when you look at the battles he's had to get yes. through his domestic agenda and so on. Do you, do you still mm. see this as the, the likely well, I didn't I didn't uh, see Afghanistan come, as you say, uh, that that really was an emotional thing for people. I didn't see Afghanistan. And so I would say no, but he could step aside in the next delay, the general uh, to give her a shot. But we have to see what she can what she can do. I have a lot of faith in her. So we shall see. OK, but, but I'm, I'm not going to I've got I've got to ask for Go, Michael. This is not what I expected. What did you expect, uh, Michael? What did you think? Well, I wanted, you know, kind of, you know, well, I'm gonna, well, I'm, I've, we haven't got time to discuss that. I'm going to make that question. So okay. is America good? You mean like immoral? No, no, good. Is it going to come good in terms of there isn't going to be a, a civil war? There are going to be elections going to be accepted? There's not going to be, be any right-wing transition to taking power, over the United States. The things, no, 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 democracy. no, no, no. Because, because again, it has to go with the dream. See, if you have somebody like the, you know, people like in the Proud Boys or, you know, something like that, or Steve Bannon dreaming about taking over the United States, there's other folks dreaming about taking down Steve Bannon and the Proud Boys. So it's, it's not going to happen. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to after the next elections. Okay, we're going to move on now because I'm being cut here by Phil. This is really (laughs) Five in the eye. I'll move on. I didn't know, but I thought it was just me. But there's a thing called doom scrolling. Doom scrolling. Yes. This is yes. an obsession, did yes. I say, with bad news. Yes. You want more bad, you want to be reassured with more bad news. Yes. You want to know what's going on, like a rabbit in the headlights. You know, yes. I went through Brexit. You know, every week, the, you know, the government was going to come down. It was the end of the end of Parliament as we know it. And then we moved on to another state that we'd never been in before. It was yes. such a, a, there was there was one podcast called 
although oh, podcasts have changed the name now, but they were called Oh God, What Next? Yes. You know, I was part of that. That was yes. that idea. And now I'm still in the headlights now with Trump. I was obsessed with Trump. Now I'm obsessed with what's happening to American democracy, which Bonnie has kind of almost put me right. You're, 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 reassured, you're reassured now, Mike. No, 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 no. Quite. <laughs> the doom's you know, it, it's extraordinary. You know, the doom's scrolling on America's over now. With, with, with the mobile phone, you can real time, you know, follow the bad news. I'm obsessed. No, 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 t- no, no tell me, Bonnie, am I alone in this obsession? We want to know the next bits. Well, you know, Twitter, which I do and you do, you guys do, Twitter is the home of bad news. I mean, it's just, it's like the capital of doom scrolling. Well, it's natural to us, Michael. We are, we are a species built on adversity. We are a species, we become what we are because we have survived uh, uh, adversity. We've survived pandemics. We've survived being wiped out. There were other hominids that were around when we were coming on stream, I'm talking about our species, and we beat them. So we we are used to being, uh, we, we like doom, we like adversity because it makes us stronger. It, it um, and it's, we're sort of hardwired for it. So it's, it's natural. Yeah, and I think, you know, Br- British people, we've got all this kind of history of uh, the, the, all, all the tropes about how we got through the Second World War, and, and so yeah, on. we we, yeah, we were we were playing the old Joanna down in the down in the in the air raid shelters and oh, yeah, uh, waiting, great, for, great waiting for the all People clear. Love it. Yeah, yeah, we we, yeah. we love that kind of thing, fighting yeah. through fighting through adversity. Yeah. Of course, the latest latest big thing is probably the coronavirus pandemic. And I mean, I I, I would say, you know, Michael, when you, when when you say, well, are we you know are we obsessed with looking for bad news? I mean. News, by its nature, is stuff that is out of the ordinary um, and often quite and often quite scary. Um, I remember, uh, I remember, I, I once um, met a very hard-bitten Fleet Street journalist. This is donkeys years ago when I was a young guy, and she was running some kind of training course. And she was the kind of person who would smoke kind of sixty cigarettes a day as she typed on an old-fashioned typewriter, getting her copy out. And she said. New, news stories involved one of three things uh sex conflict or death and she said the best stories had all three i mean that that stuck in my mind and so you can think about you know matt hancock and the coronavirus and his affair and so on it's news phil you know the old american uh newspaper adage if it bleeds it leads that's because people like they like it love it love it no, no, but, but no, guys, the issue is, I remember back in this, oh, God, it must be about 10 years ago, in the early days of Twitter, I went to a, a conference on, about communications and news. And, that, and, and this guy, this I think he was in Zimbabwe and stood up, and he talked about news. And he said, in my village, news comes to you. You don't go to news. And what we do now with this doom scroll, not just doom scroll, with Twitter, with every news, you, just, you, just, you go looking for it. You need to be, because you feel, you know, what was it? FOMO, fear of missing out. What the hell's going on? You want to know what's going on? Because, you know, the world's gone to hell in a handbasket. Well, I want to be there. Exactly. Be there. And it's very American. It's American. It's American too. But it's, but it's, it's very human. We are hardwired to um, fight adversity. We are fight or flight. We are not, are peaceful creatures. We are not tranquil. None of that. We are fighters, and and that keeps us going. So, 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 so what you're saying, Bonnie, is that that naturally we're expecting bad news. So we're going to prepare oh, yeah, ourselves yeah. for it. 
So. Oh, yeah, we love we love bad news. In fact, it makes us stronger. It gears us up uh, for our natural instincts, which is to fight. <laughs> That's what I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Omicron, if only Omicron was just a cold or something, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of Omicron, you know, no one would care, would they? Exactly. Uh, no, it, it, but it's killing people. It's wiping oh, no, out people. Then, and so now you guys are really cynical, man. You, 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 no, not, it's not being cynical. No, no, Michael, no, Michael. No, no, come on. You know, you're, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, what doesn't kill me makes you stronger. Michael, so you're looking do, to do be you, killed. Have you ever seen two little toddlers? Have you seen two toddlers together who don't know each other? Have you ever seen that? Okay, can I come back at that? Can I come back at that? Little yes, girls play doctors and nurses. Little boys put buckets over their head and run into walls. You know? Yeah. What? Well, what? not all the time. I mean, they also uh, they also come together and stake out their territory too. And and they mean these are my it. toys. Don't you? T- yeah, yeah. These and they mean it. And and you know what we have to do? We have to teach them to be nice. It's not in them. It's not in them. And this is this is even, you know, within I'm I'm the eldest of six kids. We were always fighting each other. It's not it's not in us <laughs> to be uh, tranquil. So what we what what doom scrolling does, because we're in a very sedentary, uh, controlled sort of phase of human nature now with with all of our devices and things that we've done. Doom scrolling allows us to keep our adrenaline going and allows us to keep the fight or flight mechanism oh, oh, happening. Bonnie, but what about hope scrolling? Looking for that good news. Come on. Well, man. how boring is that? <laughs> I mean, you know it is, Michael. Come on. I try to I'm do not, it on Twitter, but nobody not, cares. I mean, I'm it's not, not interesting. I know good news. I know you, you Bonnie, you're so right. People are, you always put the bad the negative things. Someone's got canceled, someone's been eliminated. You know, you know what, Michael? One thing that Donald Trump said that was the truth. Donald Trump said, all these news people, they hate me, but I make them a lot of money. Yeah, they love yeah, me. Actually, yeah. they love me. He's right. Five in the eye. Well, story number three this week is a good news story. As far as I can okay. tell, it's a good news story because um, it concerns a guy called Li Jingwei, who um, has found his way back to his home village in Yunnan in China. Um, he was abducted as a kid. And um, eventually he found his way back because he could recall the layout of the village so well that he was able to draw quite a detailed map and people helped out on social media and they actually tracked down where this place was because of the accuracy of his drawing. The last time this guy had seen his village was when he was four years old. And I was just interested, Michael, I mean, do you remember anything about when you were four? Because I mean, you know, to me, to me, four years old is a is a bit of a blank. I'll be honest with you. T- totally, you know, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to get to four, five or six. I can remember. I got some faint memories of my living room in Kingsley Road, not not King, in uh, Kimberley Street in Liverpool. And I guess if I really struggled, really struggled, sat down in a quiet place, I could reconstruct that room and where that would take. I don't know. So I, I guess. Those those things are in your are in your head, and I was I was it made me think how often I've done it. This has happened to you, Phil. Suddenly in your head, you've been in a place 10, 20 years ago, and you can see it in living color. You're walking down a corridor, you're getting into a car, or you do, and it's all there. So you know, I know they they, they say at, that at your age, Michael, I'd hold on to that kind of thing <laughs> if it happens. If it happens, <laughs> it, it, put it in a bottle. 
here's me giving up to my soul. No, the idea, the, the idea that, we're, that everything is photographed, it's there. It's just you, the recovery process. You know, you've got, you got the guy, Stephen Wilshire. He's, he's a savant. You know, they, they can fly him over New York, sit him down, and he can draw New York exactly as he saw it because he's photographed in his head. So these images are in our head. The thing that troubles me about this story, and it just, it, ugh, it's difficult, this childhood memories, because a lot of work being done in, in care homes now with people recovering memories and trying to reconstruct what happened to them. And then some, some people that are say they're being child, they're, they're, they're being influenced by other people in their memories, they're being prodded. Yeah, I mean, it's a, this is it's interesting a point. It's a Bo- Bo- thing. Bonnie, I can bring Bonnie in here because, I mean, it was interesting in the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, The um, what part of her defence was bringing in people who would question the memories of the victims. Um, and that was, you know, the idea was that, oh, maybe our memories become corrupted over time. Here, surely with this guy in China is an example of someone who's, whose memory was so precise and so good that it allowed him to locate a village many, many hundreds of miles away. I think the first thing that I would ask is, is he verbal? Does he speak? I think he was. Qu- um, he was crying. He, he was it. certainly. Qu- he was certainly yeah. quoted. Yeah. I mean, how he how he communicate how he communicated his words. I don't well, know. Well, that's important, uh, and it's the same. You know, Michael, you brought up Stephen Wiltshire. Stephen Wiltshire has a very. Uh, he's on the autism spectrum, yeah. and he's got a very particular gift, and um, he's always uh, been able to. Um, I mean, people. People learned a lot from Stephen. Um, I don't know if he's verbal or not. And I I would like to know whether this guy is. I mean, that's important uh, because what's curious about it is why did this map show up now? Why hadn't it, you know, if he could remember exactly where he'd been abducted from, uh, why didn't he say that before? And I think it's because maybe he can't. And something prodded him because it's because sometimes these so-called disabilities, you know, we will call a disability in our able world. This so-called disability does give the 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 faculty of having exact memory like that. And this guy might. Now I don't I don't know, I haven't seen the story, but it gives me all the feeling of this guy's got something special. And I can remember when I was four, um, mainly because um, I'm the I'm a baby boomer, so I'm the first sort of child of the television age, and we were plopped in front of TVs really early, like two and three, because TVs were just starting to come out and be in the home. So we were put in front of these big boxes and these images, and I can remember things from four years old, but that's that's not the same. As this guy, if he does an exact map, I would be interested to know if he's also verbal. I would put money on the fact that he isn't. It, it didn't, and the, the piece didn't talk about that. But you raised an interesting point there because these people are autistic people. They're challenged in one area, but they're gifted, yes. in, another, gifted yes. in another area in terms Sometimes of they in terms are of numbers, yes. verbally, yes. music, yeah, musical they, notes. They, they I'm not. not I'm not a, in that. You know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But I do know people who have this this um, 
you know, who are on the spectrum. And I know what, what some of them are able to do. And it all rings in my head yeah. as is this man might have a little bit of that. No, no, just just a few remarks on autism. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. see it as, as, as an issue. Mm-hmm. But in some it's it, 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 the thought about a spectrum and it can be a blessing in terms of the skills you have. It just, it's the people, also the people it, around you need to support you, need to appreciate and support those. Yeah, people. you 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 need to be you need to be. I mean, again, I'm not an expert and I only know one person uh, who's autistic and and what he can do and what he can't do. And, um, it, it, you know, it's something that's very complicated to discuss. And, I, mm. you know, I'm not qualified to discuss it. But the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this piece, which I didn't read, is I want to know if he's verbal. I, mm. I would be surprised if he was. No, no, there's, two, the, 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 there's two additional things I take away from this discussion. The first is mm. Michael's astonishment at you having the TV. Michael only ever dreamt of a, of a radio. And then that was only junk first. Right. Um, but, but Phil, we used to huddle around the radio. We tune into the radio <laughs> back in the day. You Americans, you had it all. You had it we all. all the garbage first. Way back in the 50s yep definitely five in the eye number four well i love this story because it's about <laughs> it's about people exercising their rights these are beekeepers who were frustrated because the government wasn't helping them so what did they do they took their bees to town <laughs> any bees ten thousand bees and I, I love the headline if i can find the headline i've lost the headline and it talks about a sting a bee sting, and they were stinging the police. Now you got to say, was is it? Can, can you? T- is, is is carrying a bee? Is that an offensive weapon? Carrying a beehive, so it seems such a peaceful thing to do, but to but an elegant way, an elegant way of making your point that you need help. These bees, you know, if you don't help them, look what happens. But I'm. Not my problem. They just they just come out. Yeah, these guys apparently they're looking for kind of honey subsidies or something like this because the the bottom's fallen out of the hive or whatever, mm. and they they've taken to the streets of Santiago. I mean, do you think it's a legitimate thing if you're a beekeeper protesting, Bonnie, to bring your bees with you, or is that asking for trouble? No, I think it's absolutely right. I would bring my bees as well, and and you know sometimes those of us who are in urban situations we don't know. Uh, anything about nature or uh, we know nothing about the way other species live. And so it's a good way. I mean, I hope the police weren't, you know, uh, terribly hurt, but it, it it is a way to, to let people understand that uh, how living in nature and living with nature, what it's about and that they need help. Their industry needs help. And they also be to be a beekeeper from what I understand. I mean, we, the bees don't get hurt. So it's not like, you know, raising, you know, cattle or something and, and they're going to, you know, chickens and they're going to be slain. I mean, these 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 bees are living. So I, as long as the, guy, the police weren't hurt terribly, I, I thought I think it's a good gesture. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a brilliant story. So I was minded of a couple of years ago in Asda up north, not Stafford, I think it was, where yeah. some farmers took their cows to, the, to, to Asda because the the the. the they were selling milk. It. They were selling milk that. less than it cost. I love that. So the pressure was on the farmers, you know, to get their price down. So they took the cows. Then there was cows going down, going down the aisle. And asked them, and I love the, that. There was policemen trying to arrest a cow and challenge charge a farmer. You know, we forget. 
We forget that the honey milk they come from living. <laughs> yeah, same thing. we just we just don't. We think it's all in the bottle. I don't I don't drink milk myself, but people think it's in a bottle. Exactly. No, no, numbers on protests as we and, and and events are always highly contested we remember trump's claims about the inauguration of, of, yes. of his inauguration yes. versus obama do you think the yes. ten, do you think the 10,000 bees were counted towards the total on the demo this would add quite a lot to the okay, two things two things first you know there's a population for the for the hive so you can have a population of a hive of five two to two three thousand bees whatever it is so you can just x times the number of uh, hives you've got there so no i buy that figure and as for the cows phil there was three cows in asda but if you can imagine three cows walking down an aisle in asda there could have been <laughs> three thousand oh i love it no it was great people need to be reminded you know sometimes they need to be reminded and and it's it's not a you know, it's an inconvenient way for the for people who aren't farmers, but I'm the daughter of a farmer. And, you know, sometimes people just need to see where some of this stuff comes from and they and understand it. It's important. <laughs> some of this stuff, I like that. Some of this stuff, you mean it comes from animals? Yes. It doesn't go and they're alive before it gets to you, right? <laughs> it doesn't go pre yeah. vacuum packed. Yeah. My, Michael, I think <laughs> this is the perfect segue potentially into story number five. Live in the eye. For story number five this week, we're still talking about wildlife, but of a rather different kind because scientists at Ben Gurion University uh, in Beersheba in, in, in Israel, they have apparently taught a goldfish to drive. Now, th this might seem improbable. I mean, you know, um, goldfish, how would, they how would they reach the pedals, uh, uh, the gear stick, and so on? Well, the way that they've done it is they've created some contraption which looks very much. Uh, like a goldfish tank on wheels and somehow or other through its movement the goldfish is learning how to navigate around the local area in its tank and um i i don't know what you what you make of this bonnie is this cruel and unusual kind of experimentation on goldfish or could you say perhaps look goldfish life fairly boring uh goes around in circles you go to the goldfish and say look look you don't have to live like this we've got another opportunity for you you could become a driver what, what do you feel bonnie well since i've been fairly crazy on this broadcast about my my comments about uh the hill i'll, I'll say another one you know we evolved from the sea our species Oh, God, no. So hey, you know they got some. We got we got some of their brain, mm. so yeah. they could be taught. <laughs> Why not? If you know how to do it, it, it can be. We, we are creatures from the sea, so it's, it, we didn't leave behind everything. So if we're driving, we can probably get them to drive. Well, you know, I've got, I've, let me be upfront. The thing that freaked me out about this was yes, this, the potential. This is this is Israelis now. Mossad and secret weapons. Oh, here we and, go. Okay. They, exactly. So they weaponize goldfish. You know, the idea is... <laughs> is, is but they don't gold... have goldfish, but they don't have goldfish in, in, in that part of the world anyway. Well, you don't know. You, when you look at a goldfish now, who's controlling that goldfish? Yeah, but I they don't have, like... you know, but they don't have any. And, and like, you know, it's incredible that they actually deduced that that species of fish could do it because it's not obviously anybody. But look, but, know, but, so. but Bonnie, you're talking about these people that they put this app on your phone now that you know that, that, that went around the world. What's called Philistine? I've got the name of it, but, but it was an Israeli company, and they were selling it to to, um, to companies. 
that that could that could crack your phone, listen to your listen to oh, your yeah. uh, emails. Wait, are to you saying, are you Michael? Are you are you saying the goldfish are now listening in on our conversations? Is this what it, where, <laughs> this, listen, is, listen, where listen, this is leading? Listen, as far as technology and Israel, I can you know you got to say why are they doing it? Who are they doing it for? You know, well, come on. You know, they've got the greatest they've had all for ages, probably the greatest secret service in the world. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, and you know, so they if they've actually figured out got goldfish to drive cars, I I think that's well, first I, of all, I think it's amazing. I, I, I think we should we should hasten to add there's not not any particular evidence of the, the goldfish being involved in espionage. For the no. moment they for but the moment for the they moment, seem to be for the, for the moment, moment they seem to be driving around a car park. I, I think it's but, amazing. Um, I think that's great. We we wish we, we, we wish them the best of luck um, and hope that they pass their test. <laughs> well, that's it. Because I can't drive, so that would be great. I can get a goldfish to take me around. Five in the eye. Well, that's it for our first show of 2022. Thanks so much for Bonnie Green for joining us. Thank Bonnie, you. such great insight. Thought-provoking. <laughs> We very much hope you'll join us again the same time next week. In the meantime, do check out our Facebook page where we'll post up some of the stories we're considering for the show. For now, this is Phil Woodford saying goodbye and wishing you well. And Bonnie, can I just say it's been great having you on the show and hopefully you're going to be on the show again. You call me any time. Right. You know, because listen, listen I, I live in I live in my, my own uh, uh, sphere, so I'm always going to give you something to think about. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. You we certainly have it. today. We love the Bonnie. So look, this is me, Michael, and you're saying a big thanks to Bonnie. And as always, if you have been, thanks for listening. Five in the Eye has officially launched itself into the new year. Goodbye. Five in the Eye with Michael and Phil. It's news, but is it new?